statements of Jesus in the book of John. Look, this is one of the main the, the uh, oh, I'm sorry, it's time for our kids to be dismissed. Hey, look, I've never made a mistake before until just now. Alright, alright. So, um, as we go back and we look at the I am statements that Christ made, that's, that's one of the big themes that's in the book of John, all right, is these I am statements. And so as we look at these, we're finding out what Christ says about himself, what that means for us, and through our relationship with him. So last week we talked about, uh, excuse me, two weeks ago, we talked about where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So that was really the fourth I am statement that we're looking at. So the last three that we're looking at, where he says, I am the door or I am the gate, which is what we're looking at today, that's the way. Next week, or actually two weeks from today, we're going we're to have communion next week, but two weeks from we're really talking about um, where he says, I am the shepherd, I am the good shepherd, where that's going to be the truth, okay? And then we'll talk about when he says, I am the resurrection and life. We're actually going to spend three weeks on that around Easter, where we're, where we're breaking that down. So... Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now look, I know, and I said this a couple of weeks ago as well, that John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's, that is definitively how we come into a relationship with Christ. But theologically speaking, the greatest statement that I believe that Christ said was found in John chapter 14, verse 6, where he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Why? Because he defines who he is. He is the Son of God. He is true deity. He is God incarnate, fully God, fully man. And through these statements and through this, these three statements that we'll look at over the next few weeks, we're going to see how that unfolds and how that develops out. So the one that's today is found in John chapter 10, and we're going to start in verse 1. It says this, Truly, truly, whenever you see the words repeated, remember this was an oral culture. So if you're writing this down and, and Christ is saying truly, tr he's trying to get your attention. Barely, barely, truly, truly, truly. I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs by some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens. And the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee for him from him because they do not know the voice of a stranger. The first thing I want you to see this morning is we're talking about this, where Christ says that he is the door, is voice recognition. We need to understand what's going on here. There's a lot of different dynamics. I'm going to go back and break this passage down. But the true theme of what we're talking about with this section of Scripture is recognizing the voice of Christ. Look, the first thing he says is if anyone comes in any other way other than the gate, then they're what? They're a thief and a robber. Later on, he's going to describe who as the thief and the robber. Who? Satan. All right? So look, anybody else that comes in any other way is not an agent of God. It is an agent of the evil one. And they're seeking to what? They're not seeking to add to, they're seeking to what? Take from. So any, any other way that people teach us about trying to get to heaven, everybody tries to say that they're like Christians. Do you get this? All other faiths and religions. In fact, um, somebody was telling me the other day that they were watching 
uh, what is it, the Morgan Freeman show that's on uh, where he's trying to explain God on Nat Geo or something like that, one of the, one of the TV shows and stuff like that. And they saw a Mormon on there trying to make the case that they're just like Christians. But they're just not like Christians. And the reason that they're just not like Christians is because they don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That he is the only way to eternal life. They believe that they can become a God. I don't believe I become a God. I believe I worship God and I will worship him eternally. I'm not trying to be like him. I'm just trying to be in his presence. So there's a lot that's totally different about theologically what these beliefs believe as to what Christianity believes. Now look, everybody's going to say and people will say that, that I... Am, you know, all kinds of phobes, I guess, because, and all kinds of isms, because I, or big guts, or whatever, you know, because I believe what I believe. I believe what I believe because that's what the Word of God tells me. So if the Word of God tells me this, and I'm a follower of Christ, how am I supposed to respond? Look what this passage says right here. This passage says anybody that comes from outside, any other way in there, is only looking to destroy, to take, and to do away with. Scripture verifies this. Peter would later say in, in his uh, books, he would say that the, the Satan, what? Seeks to devour us. He prowls around like a lion, lion looking for us, looking to destroy us. So those who come in under false pretenses, they're not our friends. They're just trying to get in and take away from that which God has created. Why? Because God created one way. And there's one gate. There's one door. Then it says, look, it says that the shepherd enters in by the door. So he's in, going in with the sheep. Then it says this, when the door opens, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Now, so when the Lord opens the door and comes in, he calls his sheep. The sheep hear his name. It, I, look, I, I, how many of y'all have ever raised sheep? Any of y'all ever raised sheep? I, I'm not a sheep herder either, but I do notice a few things as I've studied about this and stuff. The sheep recognize the voice of the one who leads them. And you know what? Sheep are known as being pretty what? Are we pretty intelligent creatures when we're referred to as sheep? <laughs> no. We're not referred to as intelligent creatures by being referred to as sheep. But the, the thing about sheep is that sheep are followers. And even when the sheep line up, one sheep after another sheep, in other words, if the shepherd can get one coming, then the rest are coming. And then he's just got to go find the strays, the ones that maybe didn't hear or something like that. But they hear the voice, they recognize the voice, and they respond to the voice. This passage also says that when someone else tries to call them, they what? They won't respond at all. Now, I want you to think about something. We follow strange voices. We've got to learn to recognize the voice of the Father. There are so many people that are within the church today that don't know the voice of God. Now look, I'm not talking about when God, when, you, when you're trying to 
to hear something from God and you just haven't heard it yet. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about being able to differentiate from the voice of God and the voice of others. The Lord tells us to go to his word. And look, I value, I value the opinion and the input from my wife, from the elders and men in this church, from other peers that I have in ministry, but I truly got to go with what God tells me to do. Are you following me on that? And so, as though I can see, Brother Paul is a sage, is he not? He's a very, very wise man. And he can give me all the wisdom in the world, but if God is telling me to do something, something I've got to follow what God tells me to do and not go, well, Brother Paul said this, I better not do that. So we've got to understand and recognize who we're listening to here. And even though we get input, even from followers of Christ, believers, all, if God is telling us to go and do something, then that's what we've got to go and do. I can remember, I can definitely remember in my life where God told us to step out and to go plant a church. I've never been a pastor before. People are saying, you've got to go learn some things before you go out and start doing that. We didn't do that. We didn't do that because we knew that, that God was calling us in this direction and we went and we did that. And there were times where people called us crazy for doing that. And sometimes I look back on it now and I go, man, maybe we were, you know. But that's what God was telling us to do and we followed after that because that was the voice that I heard and tomorrow heard. There was affirmation in that. It was when, when one stepped out the... You see what I'm saying? The recognition of the voice is by the, by the sheep and they follow. Now, I want to tell you this as well, too, because this happens a lot as congregations. A pastor will come up and say, this is the way that we need to go. Or maybe an elder or a leader steps up and says, this is the way that we need to go. But collectively, in our souls, there are people within the congregation that go, hmm, maybe that's not the way we need to go. We need to respond to that because we don't need to sit by and, and be quiet because sometimes other voices can lead people astray. And when one person follows that and everybody else follows that voice, then we're all off. Do you get that? And I think that happens a lot today. He's the such and such in the church, or she's the such and such in the church. If they say this, then we should go and do that. No, we should do what God tells us to do. If that contradicts God's word, or contradicts the direction of the church, or the calling of, of God's people, then we shouldn't go that way. We can't, we've got to learn to recognize God's voice. And if we don't know that, then we got to learn that. How do you learn that in your life? You learn that in your life through the direction that God has given you and what God's Word says. So when something comes into your ears, you've got to learn to filter it to those things. You've got to learn to filter it to what God's Word says. Is it in contradiction to God's Word? Then it's going to be what? It's going to be out. Also, you have to... to to know where you are in relationship with God and follow how God has spoken to you in your heart.
Because he calls us all by what? What's the scripture say? He calls every single one of us by name. My calling on my life is not the same calling that is for you and on your life. Meaning this, there are times where you're going to have to step out and do things that God has called you to specifically. And then there are things that God calls us to corporately collectively. So missionally, you may need to go on a trip. Or missionally, you may need to do something else that God has not called me to. Ministerially, as you do ministry, God may be calling you specifically to something else and, or individually to something else. Are, is, are you grasping this? God is speaking to us all individually, and then we need to learn to listen to him individually and collectively. Scriptures, so there, here's my question to you. My question to you on out of this is, what are you listening for? What are you listening for? Are you listening to what the president has to say so that we can have direction in our lives? Are you listening to what your boss says so that you can have career direction in your life? Are you listening to what your parents say that you're supposed to do with the rest of your life? Because they probably don't know, do they, Taylor? They do not know. They have a clue. You need to be listening to what God tells you to do. Where God tells you to go. Scripture says this in Luke 9, 23. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, he must take up his cross, and he must what? Follow me. So this is following after Christ. If we know the voice of Christ, then where Christ goes, we will follow. We're sheep. We're followers. Every one of us is a follower. As a church leader, as a pastor, I'm still a follower of Christ. The responsibility comes to be a leader or an overseer of others who are also following. That's the responsibility with that. It doesn't mean that what I say goes. And what I do is the way that everybody else has to do something. It means that I'm a follower as you would, or you are a follower. We need to collectively learn how to, and individually learn how to, to recognize how God is speaking to us. All right, the second part, part of this, all right? Where in the world am I? says this. The, the second thing I want you to see is about noise reduction. Verses 7 through 10 says this. Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. And he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. We need to reduce the noise that's in. How many of y'all going around? I'm bad about this. The older I get, my ears ring. Do y'all's ears ring? You know, when you get older? Yeah. I've abused them through too many speakers and cars and all kinds of stuff like that. And the noise stuff. And so my ears ring. So when I walk into a room, like if we're in the fellowship hall and a bunch of y'all are talking, it's very, very hard for me to, uh, to discern an individual 
voice. Even if you're sitting right here speaking to me, if there's a lot of ambient noise in the room, it's hard for me to distinguish. Is it hard for you or am I the only one? Am I the only one? It's, it's hard for me. I can't, I have to ask my kids are like, what? what? I'm like, what did you say? What you? My dad can't hear, he's going deaf, you know? And I'm like, I probably am. I probably am. But I have, to, the noise has to be reduced. I have to learn to shut other stuff out. If someone is speaking to me, the older I get, the more intent I have to just kind of watch you while you're speaking to me. Because if I can't hear your words, maybe I can see what you're saying and, and I'm trying to just decipher it. Huh? I'm sorry. It's subtitle. I, I have to watch a movie with subtitles. Mallory came in yesterday and goes, do y'all have to watch every movie with subtitles? I'm like, yeah, because I can't hear what they're saying, but I can read it real quick. You know what I mean? Every movie I ever watch on TV at the house has to have subtitles on it. Why? Because there's been so much noise in my life that now there's damage and I can't hear. Now I want you to think about that. Think about that spiritually. We've listened to so much ambient stuff in our lives and followed some little path here or there that somebody told us to do it or it was the quick way, or it was the easy way, or it was something. We took advice from something other than what the Word of God was telling us. And it's added to the noise. we got to get rid of all of that. we got to reduce the noise. How much stuff do we let go in? Now look, I will tell you this, I read a lot of stuff. I read every day. Tomorrow's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm on here just reading. I'm just trying to find, I read stories. It's not like a newspaper anymore. It's all on my, you know, iPad. It's coming through the internet and all. But I have to filter that stuff. Because everything that, I do, that comes into me, I'm not sitting there going, oh, wow, this is, this is truth. This is all truth coming into me. No, it's not. It's somebody's slant, somebody's opinion, somebody's this or somebody's that. And you've got to learn to reduce all of the junk that's out there and find that which is right. You've got to be able to see the gate. Look what he says here. He says in this passage that what? Once we find this, we can go what? In and out freely. There's freedom for us. Our lives as followers of Christ are not to be lived in bondage. If we learn to reduce the noise and the junk that comes into our lives, then we can see what truth is. That's where we're going next. I want you to know something. We're in the same chapter, and we're going straight to the next few verses. Do you see how he does this? He says, I am the way. I am the door. And then the next thing he goes to is he says, I am the good shepherd. And he's going to talk to us about truth. So he flows this from one right into the other. The way and the truth are connected together. And because the way and the truth are connected together, that's how we get life. And so this is a flow deal here. You cannot know what truth is by listening to all the junk. Because then you have everybody's stuff mixed in with it. You know the truth by knowing the way. How do you know the way? By knowing the person. So knowing the person of Jesus Christ 
knowing what God's word says, then when somebody says, no, that's not right, this is what it is. Then you can decipher that out and say, no, that's not truth. Does everybody know what the Christians were called before they were called Christians? It was called the way. That's exactly it. Exactly it. Followers of Christ were called people of the way. What is, when it's, when something, when you're on the way somewhere, you're headed in a direction, are you not? Now, we don't say that all the time, but my grandma used to, and grandparents used to say it all the time. We're on the way to do this. We're going on, we're on our way. On our way to do that, we're going to go do this. Did your family say that growing up? It's not used that much in our vernacular and stuff anymore. We don't talk about it that way. But they used to say that all the time. I'm, gonna, I'm on the way over there. I'm going to go over here and do this. And on the way, they, there was a direction. So they were headed in a, in a, what, specific manner. Knew where they were going. Do we know that anymore? Think about that as a church. Do we know where we're going as a church anymore? Do we know where we're going as people of God? Now think about this too. God is a God of order. Satan is a God of confusion. So all the stuff that we get caught up in in the church, what type of music we're going to play? What's appropriate? What's not appropriate? What, you know, this doctrine or that doctrine that has nothing to do with salvation. And we get sidetracked on all that. This is our enemy jumping the fence, getting in, and causing confusion. And we're losing our way. One, we don't recognize the voice of God anymore. And two, we got so much noise coming in, we can't hear it clearly. We need to clarify and clear out our lives. Do you know where the junk is in your life? Do you know where stuff comes in and you go, I don't know whether to believe this or not. Well, if you don't know whether to believe it or not, then you probably need to what? Shut it off. Can it? If we can't learn to filter it and see it for what it is, then we need to get it out of our lives. So what are you listening to? 2 Timothy 2.16 but avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. Remember how we talked about this a few weeks ago too? If someone tells, if someone tells a lie, you end up having to tell a lie to cover the lie. Have you ever noticed that? One lie begets another lie, begets another lie, and next thing you know, you're in a mess because you can't remember. So the only way that you know to keep yourself straight is to always tell the truth. That's hard to do sometimes. Worldly chatter gets in our lives, and it says, does it, what does it say? Will it say that worldly chatter will lead us to the path of righteousness? No, it says worldly chatter leads us to ungodliness. It's a diversion. It's a distraction. If our enemy can keep us diverted and distracted, then we're not doing what we need to be doing. 
if we're listening to all the junk, then we're not going to be actively pursuing what we need to be doing. Our Sunday school lesson today was <clears throat> about Jarius in, in, in Mark chapter 5. And Jarius was a religious leader of the day, but he came to Jesus out of desperation. And he said, my daughter is dying. In the same passage is the woman with the issue of blood. And she what? She reaches through the crowd just to what? Be able to touch the garment of Christ. It is a lastic effort with a what? Out of desperation for healing. Are we desperate anymore? Or do we have everything that we think we need? I think that we live in this country today as though we have everything that we need. And there's no desperation anymore. And there, therefore, we don't recognize the voice of God when God tells us to move. Or the noise says, nah, that's not what he was saying there. I really don't have to go do that. I don't really have to get rid of this. I don't really have to stop that. All the stuff takes over our lives, guys. Our enemy's not just sitting around going, well, they're all going to heaven. It's all going to be okay for them. I'll go get their other guys. He's constantly trying to mess with us. And we have to live our lives that way. Alert and aware. And as followers of Christ... We have to have a sense of desperation about who we are. I don't want to get left behind. If the sheep are going in a direction, I don't want to be the stray. You can call me a follower all you want, but that's what I am. I'm a follower of Christ. And I don't have all the answers for this world. But I do have the answer when we're not in this world any longer. And you've got to believe that. You've got to know that. And then to connect those together, you have to know what you believe when you believe that. Because just like my neighborhood, probably your neighborhood or where you live, on Saturday morning, somebody will come knocking. And they will have information about something else. Here, let me tell you about this. It's not truth. And you need to be able to defend yourself and tell them what is truth. And not afraid to open your door and let them sit down at your table. But to talk with them and to speak with them because you know what you believe and you can stand firmly in that. Why? Because you are a follower of Christ and you know the way and you're on the way. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for how you speak truth to us. And Father, how your word is so simplistic 
And it's so simplistic sometimes, Father, that I think we just take it for granted. All we have to do is trust in you. All we have to do is believe your word is truth. But Lord, the reality of both of those are hard. Why? Because this world doesn't go that direction. And we have an enemy who's constantly trying to keep us off the path. And Lord, between all the distractions and diversions, we've lost your voice. It's become undiscernible to us. I think of the passage in Revelations, Father, where you say, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And sometimes I wonder if on my door you're just beaten so hard. But because of who I am and where I am, I'm just not listening, nor do I hear anymore. Lord, help me to recognize and to see. May every person in this place today be able to discernibly know your voice. And when you speak to our hearts, and you say, Tim, this is what I want you to do. That we respond. We don't hesitate. But we just go and do. Because that's what you've called us. Lord, give us strength. Give us guidance, I pray. These things we ask now in the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Let's stand.